I don't want to forget. <laughs> Good morning. Morning. <laughs> it's Sunday, June 26, 2022. We're live. Thank you for waking up with us here on Rucksack Radio, the podcast for Patriots. Hosted by two veterans with one mission and 1,776 reasons. The podcast is always bold, blunt, uncensored, and full of red, white, and blue truth. Yeah, I, uh, when I was, uh, Phil and I were just talking here as we were leading into the show, but then when I was, I went down to San Antonio the one time I went down there. God, I want to get back there again. But that's beautiful. Yeah. I, that's where we should ultimately go when we can reschedule a trip. Man, that I sat on the uh, river walk for uh, the whole time. I was dating somebody at the time, and she had a, a conference. Um, she was a dental hygienist or whatever, and uh, there was some big dental convention down there. So I, I just I had nothing to do for the four or five days or four days it was down there. But I just sat on a river walk all day, just <laughs> getting margaritaed up, and. Uh, <laughs> It was the Don Julio for me, and I mean, it was an expensive few days, but the margaritas down there, I mean, they came in like a chalice. I mean, yeah. they were huge. <laughs> they came in some huge glasses. It was, uh, yeah, just drinking them on the rocks. I mean, giant ones. I was said, you know, five, six, seven of them in a day. Anytime <laughs> she'd get done with her conference, it's like dinner time. I'm just like, woo. <laughs> Let's get something to eat, baby. Tommy's <laughs> all fucked up. <laughs> uh, She'd want to go hang out somewhere, like a whiskey bar or something. I'm like, all right, let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> let's rock. <laughs> now, what I don't like, what oh. I didn't like about the Don Julio is that it, the, the uh, you're breathing up Don Julio the yeah. entire time after you drink it. Yeah, uh, he, that's why I'm more of a Patron guy. Yeah, can't and I know Patron acts funny with me. It's funny how it's so different, opposite for us. But Sarah in the chat, I yeah the 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 fossils and the limestone walls is pretty cool. I spent a lot of time at the Alamo. I didn't just sit there and drink the whole time. <laughs> Although I did go from the Alamo across the street to the, uh, the hotel it was uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's where Teddy Roosevelt stayed with the Rough Riders. Um, and I sat at the bar there and had another. Yes, <laughs> sat at, sat at the bar there and had another margarita. <laughs> but, um, it, uh, but yeah, I mean, I wandered around and saw all the history I could and stuff. There's so much to see there. It's so cool within that area. But I spent, yeah, I spent a good couple hours at the Alamo. Just to mean the history and to see all the old, you know, bullet holes and stuff that are still in the facade of it and everything and just to sit there you know just stare at that and tune out the rest of the world and you can almost take yourself back to those moments you know and especially you know having served in the military you can put yourself in the position of what it must have been like in that you know the moment that they were sitting in an ambush like that and it's it's just it's it's pretty it was a profound experience um and you can buzz or not. You can lose <laughs> an entire day on the river walk and not even realize it. Oh yeah, like, oh, I, I did. <laughs> I mean, more than one day. I mean, you can just yeah. just go go see things that you like. Oh yeah, I did, and I did. and before you know it, it's nighttime. You're like, what the hell? When did this happen? Yeah, there was there was a lot of cool shopping on there too. I'd be lying yeah. if I didn't wander around Victoria's Secrets or whatever it was there a little bit. It's just like, I got nothing else to do. Ooh, this looks nice. All looped up. Oh, hey. Well, it's good. You know, it's kind of um, an interesting segue. We're talking about Texas anyways, because I wanted to mention that a little bit. I mean, we'll, we'll spend, we're not going to get too serious this morning, but, um, well, all this stuff this week, I really, you know, I want to caution a couple things. I mean, we it's it's there's been some big wins for the Constitution this week, and that's how I look at it. It's a win for the Constitution. It's not a win for a side, 
we just have it just so happens that most of us um that listen to this show and most of us that feel good about this victory you know happen you know while we vote on a conservative side we happen to respect and believe in the constitution so it's it's a it's a it feels good right it's so it's not a win for conservatives it's a win for the constitution but typically people that there's more conservatives certainly than than liberals that favor respect and believe in the constitution so but it's a win for america really it's a win for the country when the constitution prevails and that's just a fact whether or not people want to like that fact or i guess agree with it or not that's just a fact it's a win for the country when the constitution prevails it's a win for the longevity of our country it's a win for the republic um so that said we have to be careful not to want to push things beyond that point okay and 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 there's a lot of talk now. I just, I guess, where I'm going with this is this talk about states wanting to potentially legislate or ban people from traveling out of state to seek abortions is not a good idea. Uh, and I, I think we've got to put it in the, the the context of imagine if a state said that you, you know, you. You couldn't move out of state to, you know, or couldn't leave the state to avoid a vaccine mandate or something. You can't, we can't have it both ways, just like we want to say to the other side. I think if people are going to leave the state to have something done, we can't, we can't restrict that. And we have freedom of movement in the United States, right? And which is largely governed under the privileges and immunity clause of the Constitution. Right, which says that you know citizens of each state shall be entitled to privileges and immunities of citizens in several states. Now, the circuit court, the freedom of movement, really, that's kind of came out of a circuit court ruling in 1823, which was uh, Corfield versus Coriel, and it was recognized as a fundamental constitutional right in Paul versus Virginia in 1869, where they kind of defined. You know, the, uh, <clears throat> the circuit court defined freedom of movement as the right of free ingress into other states and egress from them. Now, the Supreme Court hasn't invested the federal government with the authority to protect freedom of movement. Under the Privileges and Immunity Clause, the authorities given to the states, right? So the federal government that's where the federal government may enact some kind of legislation that codifies the freedom of movement as a federal right and i would expect that that's where the democrats may go with this and and, and that's uh, there's no i don't see any issue with that that's that's an appropriate action by the federal government that's something that should be because we are again United States. We are fifty United States. Each state can govern the affairs within their state, but as a state, you don't have the ability to deny your citizens the right to leave your state. At that point in time, you become Justin Trudeau, right? I mean, you 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 become a tyrant at that point in time. So we have to understand that whether or not, and there's people that are very, that are going to see this solely from the abortion from a solely religious standpoint and that just hardcore, no abortion whatsoever, period, that are going to disagree with me on this, but that's, it, it doesn't matter. It's not a religious, it's a religious issue to those, you know, people in that, from that perspective, but this isn't, this is a constitutional issue that we're talking about now. That's why it went from the federal government back to the states. And it's not just a religious issue. It's a scientific issue too. There's a whole lot into this, but from a, a standpoint of people's rights, I don't think it's very wise for states to start legislating that making it illegal for people to travel out of state to do this. Listen, some states 
it's not legal to gamble, right? Do they arrest people for going out of state to gamble? No. I mean, it's so how is it? It's it's no different, right? It's look at Tennessee. You have dry counties. Do they arrest people for leaving the county to get liquor somewhere else? No. I mean, you. It's, so it's not. It's not. It's not a logical thing to do. It's not a smart thing to do. It's not a reasonable thing to do. And I think that doing something like that um, doesn't help the whole. It doesn't help the legitimacy of the argument. I understand where the passion is coming from with it. Certainly, I understand where the passion is coming from. And I wonder, I understand where the, the, you know, one of the moral points of view. There's not just a, there's just not just one absolute moral involved here. Morality is not absolute. So there's, to, to each individual, their morality may be absolute, but morality as a whole is not absolute. So there's, it's a complex issue, but I don't think it's a wise thing or a prudent thing or a reasonable thing or the right thing. Um, and that's my barometer of right. Other people have a different barometer of what is right or proper or correct. But I, I don't agree with making it illegal or, you know, for people to travel out of state to exercise that action, that behavior. No more than I would say that it's, you know, you make it illegal for somebody to travel out of state to avoid getting a vaccine or something. So if, if you got to be consistent with it. So I don't know, Phil, what do you think? I mean, where where are you on this? Consistency is key. I'm, I'm not. I don't agree with it either. I don't agree with states trying to pull that because your arguments are very elegant and astute and i couldn't agree with him more well thank you <laughs> sir <laughs> thank you kind sir <laughs> no for it's real it's it's, it's, it's you, you can't that's over legislating both both ways you can't do that it's not it is that, that's how you that's get a, elected out of office yeah, that, exactly. That, the two great ways to put it right there. It's over-legislating is a, a, a perfect way to put it. And it exactly, it harms. Um, it harms November. It harms 2024. It, it puts both of those things in, in in peril rather than prosper, I think. So we have to, yeah. Now, people that want to just seem altruistic just this this virtue it's all about this one virtue then yeah i i, I don't know but when you, you you've got to look at this from a broader lens virtue um, bill presenting or bill writing yeah it gets it just gets a little wild so so i hope that especially states like texas that have been really good for uh doing the right thing and really good for pushing back on things like vaccine mandates and, and holding up constitutional rights and, uh, you know, second amendment advocates. And just, I, I just hope they don't push this too far. And I hope that other States the same way, if you're going to have bans again, I, I said on Friday, so I don't want to be too redundant or take too much time on today's show. What, with it, you know, there's got to be some, my opinion, there's got to be some room in there for rape and incest and, and medical situations and, and you know, a, a, an eight or 12 week ban or, or something like that. I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a medical professional. There's got to be some leeway in there. I just, for me, abortion as a, as a recreation, abortion on demand, as they're saying, 
um, abortion as a means of birth control. No, that's the kind of thing that has to stop. And unfortunately, that's what it got pushed to. It, it, it was a thing where abortion was largely, for the most part, it wasn't something that was abused until more recently in the last couple of decades, I think. And then it just got pushed to this, we should be able to let the baby be born and not resuscitate it if we don't want to, you know. And, and that's like everything with progressives, they just keep pushing things to the extreme. And unfortunately, when you do that, you force an extreme reaction, right? With it, For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's not just a matter of, of physical science. That's... that's it happens in psychology too, right? If you have a reaction, you're going to have an equal and opposite reaction psychologically too. Uh, and, and so it, it's just, yeah. It's got to be, it's got to be tempered. And we have to remember great points there about church and state in the chat. I mean, we're a nation that separates out church and state. And it's complex, right? Because, you know, we're a nation of laws and we can't take religion into the basis of our laws. But our laws naturally come from a system of Christian morality. As every law, the laws in Saudi Arabia come from Islamic doctrine. The laws in in India largely come from Hindu doctrine. I mean, the laws naturally evolve from religious doctrine, from cultural moral, moral doctrine of a society. Um, they come from a moral code, right? And the moral code comes from religion. So, but to put religious thesis into laws becomes problematic. And that's what we can't let happen. That's where the lines get more than blurred. Um, it's tricky. And there have been some wins lately. Uh, for religious liberty. And I think we're going to see more wins this week for religious liberty because I think the Supreme Court case um, that, the, that they'll rule on this week will go in favor of the coach who was fired for praying at the 50-yard line. Um, I think it's going to go his way too because there's no reason that he should have been fired for exercising his right to, I mean, he wasn't forcing anybody to pray or not pray. It was his right. And, and look at how that happens all over. It happens all over in sports. Um, now the case is, while well, it's a public school and tax, well, it, it, he has a right to his own ability to pray um, where he wants than he wants. He didn't force anybody else to do it. It wasn't in the classroom. It was after a game. Um, it's going to go his way, I think, and it should. Uh, so there's going to be, and it's not that that's, I mean, that's just reaffirming religious liberty. But you're right, sir. If it was a different religion, this wouldn't even be an issue. Uh, it's funny to kind of, I saw that argument made on Twitter earlier this week, or yeah, earlier last week, I guess, with regards to the case that we spoke about in Maine with the tuition vouchers. I saw somebody say, well, uh, Christians are all happy. What? I hope every Muslim school now applies for some of these assistance aids too, and let's see the Christians get all fired up about that. No, it's not. You're making this about, that's not the, I mean, it, it there it's are a sad arguments at, at trying to divide and spread hate because Christian yeah, it, religion doesn't hate, and neither does the Muslim religion at its yeah. core. No, it's it's it just that's what the left does, though. It, it's 
they're all against religion unless they can use a religion against another religion. You know, it's like they're just such vile, hateful people. And they keep showing their colors more and more. I mean, some of the things that I've seen in the past two, three days on social media out of them, the, the number of them that are outright using the N-word against Clarence Thomas out loud, <laughs> like not not just saying N-word, but spelling out the word and, and, and calling them this, I'm like, oh my, it's, these people are, they're just showing their true colors, you know, it's who they are. Because under uh, every virtue signaling white liberal is a white hood wearing clan <laughs> liberal, really. That's just who they are. They're disgusting people. And it's more and more apparent to me that there is no coexisting with this pe with, with this group. I've thought like for the longest time, like maybe we can, you know, we can educate and try to coexist and legislate within our framework and all these people. We can't. They just want to tear the system down. They hate. They're beyond help. They're so brainwashed and the system has them so irreparably brainwashed that this is who they are. Um, at their core. And, and I don't know that we have a constructive way, a productive way to coexist with people like that. A reasonable way. I'm not calling for anything obstructive with people. Certainly not violent with people. <laughs> But I just don't know where this goes in a peaceful sense. Because some of these, a large swath of these people want to, I've seen so many people in the last few days call for the Republican Party um, to be labeled, you know, in with Interpol as a terrorist organization and, and, and every, it's, they don't get their way and they go to the extreme with everything and it doesn't matter where it just doesn't even matter where the facts of the matter are on things. They just they I'd don't like get to see that one. I'd, I'd like to wonder what the basis of that argument was. But that's just because they didn't get their way. This was all around the Supreme Court ruling. This was no, all... I get it, but you can't you can't be expect to be taken seriously by going, I think Republicans should be registered as terrorists. Okay, why? Because yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that, I'm sure Interpol will do that then, you stupid fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> well, that's pretty much the argument, though, is they think that Republicans are all religious extremists. Well, it, it, anybody that doesn't believe the way they believe, there's no middle yeah, ground. That, that, that's, that's the exactly absolutism it. that we've talked about a few times on the show. And it's yep. sad. <clears throat> it's sad on both sides, on both sides. Of that. Yeah. There's, there's a, yeah, it, it, it's really, it's really wild, but. Hey, if you're watching this recording on Rumble or YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button and subscribe. You can support the show by going to rucksackradio.com. Um, last night, I experimented a little bit with a um, some OBS software. No, nothing like that. <laughs> uh, I did some live streaming uh, on the YouTube channel through some third-party software. Uh, where I was rebroadcasting some of the protesting going on. So I may do that again later today or tonight just to uh, feel it out a little bit more and see how it goes. Because uh, I'd like to do that more often with some of the protests that are going on. So again, if, uh, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you'll get an alert, a notification when the channel does go live. And Phil, I gotta, I gotta work through this programming to see how we can do that. Like, if I can get you from, you know, so that we can both be live in that somehow. I, I'm still learning this software because you're in a different, you know, location than I am. I don't know how it right. works that way, but, um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was fun to toy around with and do, and it allows me to do some commentary um, as protests are going on. So. But you can bad. check out again. You go to if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, you'll get notification when we go live there. So, uh, so 
got a couple of interesting stories today, and then I've got something else kind of. Uh, you can see not Tom doing the same kind of commentary as the guy who did the Honey Badger video. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I get uh, when I get more into my groove, uh, look at this guy. Let's give a shit. He's just burning the American flag. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much it last night. <laughs> kind of ironically, <laughs> it's pretty close. Oh, okay. Well, I guess the ramp was used on this one. Yeah, you <laughs> all driver in Washington packs car in a moving van and gets pulled over. Yeah, <laughs> you know he did the whole pull on the strap after he strapped it in. He goes, "Yep, that's not going anywhere." <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of flicked it. <laughs> oh yeah, looks good. <laughs> Washington, Washington State trooper made a surprise discovery jammed inside the. Like, How's it a surprise discovery? It's pretty obvious. <laughs> Jammed inside the back of a U-Haul truck during a traffic stop earlier this week. Okanogan Trooper Cunningham pulled over a driving a driver hauling a car that was partially hanging out the back of a truck on Highway 97 north of Okanogan, Washington. Now, uh, obviously unsafe. Yes. Is it illegal? Yeah, well, photos of the unusual scene show that a single packing strap was securing the car inside the back of the truck. That's okay, I got the e-brake pressed. Since the driver didn't have a valid license and the rented U-Haul was overdue for return, <laughs> both vehicles were impounded, according to the station. Yeah, well, and to be fair, the engine has quite a bit of weight to that. So yeah. it's... the the. And it's not taking the wind resistance. So it's the strap, depending on how it's, it's, it's probably okay, but it's not the safest thing. No. But he was sighted. How did he get out of the car? I'm sure he probably crawled out the back. Probably crawled out the back. That would prove the point that the strap should be okay as far as holding it. Then, If you got a, a guy crawling out the back without losing the car. Yeah, it would be okay. Well, I mean, before the strap was on, he probably yeah, got the car in there, crawled out the back window, then put the strap on. Yeah, then put the strap on. Yeah, I thought that at first too. But the law of um, leverages suggests that if the if it was unsafe, the car will come back out the back. Yeah, yeah. No, I would think with the weight, the balance of that, uh, and not you know the resistance factor, he, it's it's he might be over the weight limit of that U-Haul though. Oh, I would think. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. I'm sure you all wasn't too pleased to <laughs> to see this. Not getting their truck back in time and seeing this. <laughs> it's probably he probably went on their their do not rent list. Son of a bitch, that was one of our new ones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the driver was cited. <laughs> boy, I'd be in trouble if I ever. <laughs> the driver was cited for failing to secure a load <laughs> and fine one hundred thirty. If I was charged one hundred, cited for that. <laughs> yeah, I was fined one hundred thirty nine dollars for every time I failed to secure a load. God damn it, officer! <laughs> you know these kids don't listen. You know what it's like to try to hold back a hundred million people at once? <laughs> That's just that'll be code now. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Fail to secure your load. <laughs> oh, enough of the sexy talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah it's bedroom talk for you early on a sunday <laughs> failures <laughs> fail to secure your load <laughs> uh, whispering sweet nothings on the pillow talk <laughs> <laughs> the back of you fail this fail to secure your load in the back of my u-haul <laughs> God damn it, I didn't think it'd be three seconds. Well, you had a nice U Haul. <laughs> Drunken to be fair, Maine the back man. door was open. 
Drunken Maine man arrested after trying to hide from police under a blanket. Well, <laughs> I would say it didn't work. <laughs> Boo, it's like, an epi- <laughs> it's like an episode. <laughs> It's like an episode of Scooby Doo. <laughs> you there under the sheet? What? There's nobody under the sheet. <laughs> you Pure can't money. see me. You Pure can't money see me. Right there. <laughs> I, I can, can see your see testicles you. moving. <laughs> I can see your testicles moving. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Just having a conversation with him. <laughs> An intoxicated main man was arrested for trespassing early Monday. After trying to hide from police underneath a blanket. Officers responded about 9.30 p.m. to the Admiral Ocean Inn in Belfast, Maine, for a report of a disturbance caused by a drunken man identified as Philip Delude. Oh, shit. She's got me at the same initials. Yes. PD. <laughs> Police removed PD from the property and told him not to return or else he'll be arrested. Fair enough. When when police performed a sweep of the parking lot around 2.40 a.m. later on that evening, police said they found someone hiding in a chair with a blanket draped over themselves. Police pulled the blanket off to reveal Delude <laughs> hiding underneath it. <laughs> Now look here, Phil. We told you. <laughs> not to I'm not that. Phil. <laughs> I'm not him. That's not me. <laughs> this isn't me. It's that other guy. <laughs> I'm Dilla Flood. <laughs> <laughs> it's you meddling kids again. <laughs> I'm DP, not PD. <laughs> you gonna put it in my U-Haul? <laughs> Oh, he was arrested for criminal trespass and violation of bail conditions. That's a shame. (laughs) Maybe next time, find something better to hide under. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Hey, Friday's show, by the way, before I forget, is uh, that finished processing this morning. Uh, so I'll have that one up to YouTube and Rumble and iHeart and Spotify and all those uh, later this morning. I'll get that loaded up after this show and then today's show I'll work on later today. Be available on the recording platforms uh, later, probably tonight sometime. So UK tribunal rules calling man calling a man bald is sexual harassment. Oh, because why? Yeah, calling a man bald is considered sexual harassment. A British employment tribunal ruled on Wednesday. They said that uh, three members of the tribunal, which is a judicial body that hears workplace disputes, said that since baldness was more prevalent in men than women, using the word bald was an insult, therefore related to a protected characteristic of sex, according to CNBC. The tribunal, whose members alluded to their own experiences with their loss, also compared calling a man bald to commenting on the size of a woman's breasts. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have hair and it's done nice and somebody says nice hair, is that equal to somebody telling a woman nice tits? Nice tits, right? Exactly. Well, those are some nice tits. Nice hair, buddy. <laughs> the ruling yeah, has been on behalf of a... their, your hair. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at that feather go. <laughs> the ruling was on behalf of a complaint filed by Tony Finn, who worked as an electrician for the British Bung Manufacturing Company. <laughs> I don't know about you, Tom. I like a bald bum. (laughs) Finn worked at the company. It's so great how the names of companies and people in these stories just always provide an additive (laughs) to the stories. Finn worked at the company which manufactures wooden cask closures for the brewing industry in Yorkshire for nearly 24 years before being fired last year. For being Finn alleged that during a workplace argument in July 2019, 
his shift supervisor, Jamie King, referred to him as a bald cunt, according to the Guardian. <laughs> it was the bald part that upset him. It was. The panel noted that Finn had not complained about the use of the four-letter word, but was offended by being called bald. <laughs> Another four-letter word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah, you call me a cunt all the time. It's not a bald one. <laughs> Like, that's an insult. <laughs> we have little doubt that being referred to in this pejorative manner was unwanted conduct, as far as Finn was concerned. This is strong language, although, as we find, industrial language was commonplace on this West Yorkshire. It's commonplace in any factory floor or just about, yeah, any majorly, like, highly male environment. Uh, in our judgment, Mr. King crossed the line by making remarks about his appearance. <laughs> I don't know. He was hot and beautiful. I mean, the bald ones are really pretty. <laughs> they are. <laughs> the panel noted it's difficult to conclude other than that Mr. King uttered these words with the purpose of violating Mr. Finn's dignity in creating an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating, or offensive environment for him. And again, it was bald. <laughs> It was the ball that pissed him off. <laughs> the judgment found that King intended to threaten and insult Finn and added, in our judgment, there is a connection between the word bald, on the one hand, protected characteristic of sex on the other. The company's lawyer correctly noted that women can also get bald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can get bald in more than one way, that's for sure. But <laughs> Anyway, that's... <laughs> He says that being called bald was discriminatory towards him and offensive. Okay, Chrome Dome. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Uncle Fester. <laughs> Slaphead. Hairless snuffle, I guess. <laughs> Slaphead. <laughs> Brittany Shears. <laughs> Billiard Head. <laughs> Crop Circle. Kalu. <laughs> Moon Dragon, Costanza. <laughs> Costanza. It's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> Scullet, Beagle Balls, <laughs> Sinead O'Connor, <laughs> Scrotome, <laughs> Rusty Olive, Slippery Doodah. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of his ass all day, bald motherfucker. You bald cunt. <laughs> Don't forget it's the word bald that bothers him. That's right. What if you just called him a cunt cunt? <laughs> oh boy, I tell you. <laughs> the Sunday show is not for children. Not that any of them are. <laughs> I have to put that in when I go into YouTube. I always have to. I just. I have that box pre-checked <laughs> that these videos are not meant, intended for children, so I don't only, have to click it each time. <laughs> only since last August. <laughs> <laughs> yep, right. It's funny because there once upon a time where people that use some of the earlier ones as as, as constitutional education for their their homeschooling. <laughs> it's not, not not anymore so much. Yes. Today they're learning that bald vaginas are really attractive. Sucks <laughs> that. It's an extracurriculum thing we do here. Uh, so we've talked music a lot. I found this site that uh, Paste. <laughs> I just noticed the name of it now. Paste Magazine. No, it's not. It's not anything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Should we look <laughs> they this ranked... up, Tom? Do we need antivirus to look this up? <laughs> hey, hey, go right ahead. Pastemagazine.com. <laughs> they ranked the 80 best TV shows of the 1980s. I didn't so realize I thought it was I'd 80 go shows in the 1980s. Yeah. There's, there's more than that. I found a couple sites that did these, um, and they're all a little bit different. And some of these I'd never heard of. But So we'll go with the 80 best shows of the 80s. Right. 80s and uh, 80. Number 80. 
5 or V. I don't remember, uh, I remember ever seeing that. No, that was V. That was a series, was a sci-fi series. Okay. Yeah, it was created by Kenneth Johnson, starred Mark Singer, Faye Grant, Gene Bradley, Bailey. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was uh, kind of like a sci-fi drama. Yeah, it was an NBC story of Earth being invaded by friendly-looking visitors. Yeah. It actually turned out to be man-eating reptile people. Yes, the various. <laughs> well, it maybe it should have been called Q. <laughs> V the series. Number 79, Sledgehammer. Don't I remember that show. I didn't watch one. it, but I remember it. Uh, that was an ABC show. Number 78, Growing Pains. What? That was that far down? Yeah. I like that show. I remember watching Growing Pains. It's an ABC show. Number 77, Knight Rider. I've watched that all Knight the time. Rider. Yeah. But that was a car. great show. Now he lays on the floor drunk eating hamburgers. <laughs> Motherfucking <laughs> his children. <laughs> Number 76, another one I like, China Beach. That was a good one. That was where I first heard the um, the song Black by the Rolling Stones. Painted yeah. Black. Yeah, that's a great song. Dana that Delaney was, was hot. I like that. Their opening song for that. That, that thing I had. <laughs> Painted Black. 75, Wise Guy. I don't remember that one for some reason. Ken Wall, Stephen Bauer, Jonathan Banks, CBS series. Number 74, here you go. Three's Company. Wow. That was the last couple of last couple of seasons probably were in the Yeah, right? ran from 77 to 84. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. That was a pretty good show. Were you that a fan? Is- Who did you like? Did you like Mr. Furley or Mr. Uh who was the other one? I like Mr. Furley way better than Mr. Roper. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Mr. Furley was definitely better. He was yeah. Better. Of course, that was what? Barney Fife. That was Tim. That was Don Knotts. <laughs> Number 73, Elf. I never watched Elf. I thought oh, that was a dumb watched that religiously. Show. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, love that show. He loved to eat Number cats. 70. Who doesn't Number love seven. to eat cats? <laughs> number 72 was yeah you got a point there phil <laughs> number 72 uh the twilight zone i i i was like and that's a show i mean that ran from a, it ran originally in the early 60s then it ran uh 85 to 89 and then 2002 2003 i watched a couple of them i never watched like never watched it religiously, but that was late night Friday night, wasn't it, or something like that? Late night Saturday. I think night, so. Twilight Zone was yeah. on. I think so. Uh, Seventy-one. Kate and Alley. I didn't watch that one. I no. remember it. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I remember. It. Never watched it. Number seventy. Before she went crazy. <laughs> Who's the boss? <laughs> before Alyssa Milano turned into a raging psychopath. Yeah. Totally Number 69. Bronx accent. Yeah. His Brooklyn <laughs> accent, whatever. He was nailing the, the mom for sure. Oh, he had to be. She was taking that huge Italian hog. But not well because Italians are not good lovers. Remember? we covered Apparently, that. the men aren't. No. <laughs> Number 69, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 69. <laughs> I didn't really watch, obviously, no one of the Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I never really watched them. The 68 Crime Story. <laughs> NBC. I didn't watch that one either. We didn't watch that either. 67 was the Tracy Ullman show. That one I heard a lot of stuff about. Never actually saw it. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I don't recall seeing it. I may have watched one or two episodes, but I don't recall much about it. I saw clips of it uh, after the internet came around, but I don't think I ever saw the actual Tracy Ullman show. It's hilarious what I did see. Night Flight was number 66. Night Flight. I don't remember that. It was the same year that MTV exploded upon the airwaves. Another cable network was introducing the program was on USA Network. For at least one a nocturnal cadre of TV viewers, it was just as influential. Night Flight was something of a four-hour variety show. Aired on Friday and Saturday evenings. That would play a little taste of everything going on in the underground in the underground of cult music 
art and film worlds. I yeah, I don't no. remember it. Ooh. Number sixty five, Laverne and Shirley. Wow, that's still pretty low too. Yeah, that was again uh, the end. Sorry, the end that ran from seventy six to eighty three. Okay. Full House at number sixty four. I didn't care for that show. To be honest with you. I did. I got to admit, I did. <laughs> I liked it. Which one, Sarah? Did you love Laverne and Shirley or Full House? <laughs> it was Laverne and Shirley. That came up before you said okay. Full House. <laughs> yes, <laughs> both. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I said the same thing about Full House. It was annoying. Austin City Limits, number 63. I didn't watch that one. I didn't watch that either. That was uh, starred Willie Nelson, B.B. King, and Leonard Cohort on PBS. Huh. Number 62, WKRP in Cincinnati. Wow. No, it wasn't. I didn't watch that either. I watched it a few times. Wasn't a, like, religious watcher of it, but I watched Max Hedrum, number 61. Wow. That beat I didn't, I wasn't like a, didn't get into Max Hedrum. That was an MTV either. spinoff. Yeah. Number 60, here you go, Miami Vice. <laughs> I didn't watch that on a regular basis. <laughs> the women did. Don Johnson was like the, yeah, you know. the heartthrob. <laughs> Number 59, Reading Rainbow on <laughs> PBS. <laughs> that would take on a whole different meaning today. <laughs> It would just be all drag queens yes. <laughs> doing the reading. So, take a look in a book of reading Rainbow. I watched this one all of the time. Number fifty-eight, Fraggle Rock. Yes. <laughs> I loved Fraggle Rock. I had a friend that we actually nicknamed Fraggle Rock because he looked exactly like one of them. Ran from nineteen eighty-three to nineteen eighty-seven. It was on HBO and CBC. After the Muppets went off the air in 1981, Jim Henson developed Fraggle Rock following the adventures of Gobo, Moki, Red Wembley, Boober, with postcards from the human world from Uncle Traveling Matt. Yeah. The Dozers. Yeah. The Doozers. Wild Kingdom was 57. I like that show. That was a good one. Oh, Captain putting it in your, the Captain stabbing cabin, Captain Stubing at the love boat, num, number 56. Oh, that's been on TV lately. <laughs> you know, Isaac was getting some. Oh, <laughs> he, was he like, had to be. He was the stud. <laughs> that or the captain. My hero. Al Bundy coming in at 55, <laughs> married with children. <laughs> Every grown man's hero. <laughs> and every guy had a the hots for Christina Appledate. I think every just about every guy had the 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 mirror of her. <laughs> like the that you'd get in the carnival. <coughs> Excuse me. Allergies this morning. <laughs> Number 54, <laughs> Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Yeah, I don't think Abba, you Abba, 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 Albert. <laughs> Imagine calling somebody a, a bald Fat Albert over in England. <laughs> yeah, racist, homophobe, <laughs> sexist. Yeah. Oh, the list could go on and on. Yeah. Number 53, the greatest innovator of all time, MacGyver. Nice. <laughs> duct tape. Duct tape and fix anything. I'll be right back. That My show. allergies are killing me too. Just give yeah. me a second. I watched MacGyver constantly. It was uh let's see what the uh that ran from 1985 to 92. Well, I didn't realize that ran into the 90s. Richard Dean Anderson says not every TV character has his name become a verb. That's <laughs> true. But man, if he didn't MacGyver his way out of every sticky scenario he encountered with a couple of rubber bands, a battery, a paper clip, and some duct tape. Oh, and that Swiss Army knife. For its 139-episode run, Richard Dean Anderson's MacGyver was the patron saint of nonviolent, or at least minimally violent, resourcefulness. 
and the greatest joy of the show, seeing what nifty trick he would employ next. Yeah. They had a sock. <laughs> he used everything. Like, blow up an outhouse with a few leaves and some glue. <laughs> okay, I apologize. Uh, that's fine. We didn't move on. I just talked more about MacGyver. Number 52, Dallas. I didn't watch that one. I know my mom was like... Yeah, Dallas was a crazy, big house mom show. Crazy addicted to it. Number 51, Police Squad. Uh, I didn't watch that. Leslie Nielsen, Alan North, Peter Lupus, Ed Williams. That's what I thought it was. William Leslie Duel. Nielsen show. Original run, 1982. Looks like it just ran once. It made 51 on the list. Wow. Designing Women, number 50. I remember that show. Never watched it. But. Uh, same way. I remember it. Didn't watch it. Just seeing the pictures, like on the cover, you know, cover of these shows, these women are just uh, gorgeous. So so young, <laughs> you know. Number forty nine, Mork and Mindy, yes. Nanu Nanu. <laughs> Love yes. that show. Love yes, it. This was great. Number forty eight, Yes, Mister. Uh, Don't remember that one at all. No. It was a BBC two pretty, show, so yeah, pretty high up on the list. Yeah. It was a popular British one, apparently. Gary Shandling, number 47. That was That's HBO, Gary Shandling show. Yes, Showtime. Okay. Number 46, Dukes of Hazard. What? That's pretty low. Hey. That's pretty low for Daisy Duke. That's a great show. That's higher. Uh-huh. That's higher on the list than I thought it would be compared to like growing pains being so far up there. But I'd give them top twenty. They had Duke's has it has to be top twenty. Yeah, it was a big eighties show for sure. It's hard to argue with you on that one. Forty five murder she wrote. I didn't watch that show. Obviously it was a big show in the eighties. Yeah, I watched it a few times, never on a regular basis, but I always I, I do like the Who Done It kind of shows. I was never like a real big fan of Angela Lansbury. I don't know why, but there you go. The Golden Girls, number 44. I'm kind of surprised that uh, that that one's not higher on the list. But Yeah, that was very Sarah Murr, she wrote, huge fan. That's, that makes sense. <laughs> Golden Girls, 44. And 43, another great. Uh-oh. The A-Team. Nice. But I also, another one I think should be way higher on the list. Yes, that should be top 25 <clears throat> easily. Pity the fool. <laughs> 42, Cagney and Lacey. I was not a fan. Really? I liked Cagney and Lacey. Nah. I watched Cagney and Lacey. 41, didn't watch it. Doctor Who. I watched it. didn't watch it. Yeah, I watched it a lot. It's, it's a, um, this Netflix series called um, Black Mirror is kind of like Doctor Who. And it's okay. actually really well. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, 40, Lou Grant. I didn't watch that one either. I heard, obviously. Wow, this next one surprises me. 39, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Wow. I expect that one to be higher, too. Ran yeah. from 1963 to 2001. You'd think that would show be ran top almost 40 10 years. easy. Yeah. I've never heard of this one. Number 38, Only Fools and Horses. No, another, there's another BBC show. These are the, these are the ones that um, A Team should be above. Yeah, Three's Company should be above. There's there's a lot. Yeah, Thirty Seven Quantum shows. Leap. I remember that show. I watched it occasionally. I was never an avid watcher of it. Thirty Six The Young Ones. I heard it. Never watched it though. It was an MTV series. Ran for a couple of years. Yeah, never heard of it. 35 Sports Center. Wow. I remember that. I used to watch that with Chris, Chris Berman, Berman. <laughs> <laughs> Never watched it. You didn't watch Sports Center with Chris Berman all the time? Oh, man. Nah. I was all over that. Nah. Yeah. The early ones. 
Uh, Murphy Brown at 34. I remember Murphy Brown. I watched it. I wasn't a huge fan of Murphy Brown, but I watched it. Um, 60 Minutes. With Mike Wallace, he would be ashamed of his fucking idiot son. (laughs) At this point in time. 60 Minutes at 33. Happy Days at 32. That should be higher. Probably, I agree. Yeah. Kids in the Hall at 31. This should definitely be above Kids in the Hall. Happy days. Yeah. Show. Roseanne at 30. That was that was a that, big 80s okay, show. Yeah, I was, I was a fan of that show. It was late 80s, mostly 90s, 88 to 97. Yeah. The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. That should be higher. Way higher. Probably as a twenty nine. They show it. Johnny Carson should be top five yeah. of all time, not just of the eighties. Number twenty eight, one hundred and twenty minutes, which was an MTV show, I guess. Johnny I don't Carson know that I ever heard of it. Definitely be above that one. Yeah. What the fuck? What you talking about, Phil? Number twenty seven, <laughs> different strokes. I just reference this on Friday. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> SCTV 26 uh Sports Center TV uh, was uh was a sketch show Second City Television a CBC NBC show with John Candy Martin Short Harold Ramis Okay, uh, I did hear about Rick it. Moranis Never saw it though. Yeah, I just, Little House what? on the Prairie, number 25. We're into the wow. top 25 now. Little House on the Prairie, number 25. It's a good show. Good, wholesome show. Number 24, L.A. Law. Um, I watched yeah, that. Johnny Carson should be above that one for sure. Probably. Facts of Life, number 23. I was wondering if we were going to get to that one. Uh-huh. That high, huh? 23. Yeah. Wow. Number 22. The Muppet Show tonight. Number 22. <laughs> We're like the two old men in the balcony. Dude, the Muppet Show got higher than Johnny Carson. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Who did this? Black Adder. <laughs> it's a BBC show again at 21. Oh. You're into the top 20. Number 20, Family Ties. The Young okay. Republican, Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> I can see that. It was a great show. Okay, Phil. Okay. Number 19, make number a 19. fist like this, real tight. Now open it real slowly. Start opening it real slowly. Stop. What is that? Uh, almost what my hand looks like. <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse. Shoot, the enemy's in the back of the head, the in front of me in the movie theater. Number 19, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Paul Rubens caught in the back of a movie theater, yanking his crank. Pee Wee's Playhouse got higher than Johnny Carson. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling Bravo Sierra on this whole list. There's another list I can share another day, but number 18, The Wonder Years. I wasn't a real fan of this one. I liked Um, it a lot, actually. They were just trying to do a reboot of this, and they canceled it, or he got fired from it because he, they say he fondled one of the somebody else on the set or something. We or have to have of it. all. This is the one they tried to redo with the all black cast, right? I'm not sure. See, and when you when you make a point oh, of I think I did doing it that. like this, then it really turns people off. Traditionalists, whether they're you know, racist, non-racist, if you're making a point of it to make something an all-black cast and you're, and you're trying to promote it like that, well, I imagine like up. redoing, you know, like good times or something with like an all-white cast or something. You know, I just... I just don't understand the... the thought process of having to do it with all one type of cast or all it's just stupid it's not it's just a virtue signal thing number 17 sesame street i guess that makes sense yeah number 16 this was a decent show saying elsewhere um i watched it from time to time not on a regular basis 
I wasn't big into the hospital shows, though. Here's, here's one, the women. Um, well, they love the actor. Uh, number 15, Magnum P.I. <laughs> I love the car. <laughs> yeah, it's just, did he have a Ferrari, was it? It was a Ferrari, and he had yeah. that fucking fuzzy, wuzzy caterpillar underneath his nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom Selleck's a good actor. I liked him. Uh, it's hairy. He's a fucking yeah. hairy man. Yeah, he is. Is he Russian? <laughs> <laughs> Number 14, Night Court. That was a good I show. I love that show. <laughs> that was a great show. Bull Shannon. <laughs> that one I would I would watch religiously. I would watch Night Court. I love that show. I remember always wanting to ride around on Marky Post. <laughs> I, just... <laughs> I couldn't imagine going into a court and having a judge like Harry. <laughs> that would be great. We just need more judges like him. <laughs> goofing off. <laughs> Number 13, at the movies. We're getting close to the top 10, Siskel and Ebert. Okay, yeah, but number twelve. They is took a themselves too seriously after. All yeah, that. they did, dude. You're a fucking yeah. movie critic. You don't decide whether or not the movie flops. Yeah, number twelve, Taxi. I can see that. That should be probably top ten though. Yeah, another one with Tony Diaz. Number eleven. I was never a big fan of this one, Moonlighting. Um, with Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd. That was one of those I was kind of forced to watch because there was only one TV in the house. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan. Top ten. Here we go. Number ten. Late night with David Letterman. Yeah. Okay. Before he, yeah, before the late shows went all political. That was that was on his top ten lists were always good. Loved Letterman. Watched them all the time. Number nine. The Jeffersons. Great show. Yes. Top ten though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Number eight, thirty something. I didn't watch that one a lot. I'm not even sure I ever watched it once. I remember the name of it. I don't remember what it's about. Well, it beat out Johnny Carson and a whole bunch of others. Yeah. Number seven. I think this should be top five material for sure. But Mash. Um, um, that's one of my favorites. Seventy-two to eighty-three. Yeah, I get that it's a. It was a big show. I never got into. Oh, man, every episode, multiple times. I'm a huge MASH fan. If there's one actor on a show that I don't like I, or I don't just I don't get, I won't watch it. And But that really? show is Alan Alden. I, I do really? Not, yeah. Oh, man. I liked him in that show, all of it, really. That was that was a great show. They're right. It was a, it was a good show for laughter. It talked at you. It was a yeah one of my favorites. To this day, I can sit and watch reruns of it for hours. Uh, number six, before it went woke, it was a great show, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, in the eighties, yeah. it was an awesome show. Back in the yeah. Eddie Murphy yeah, days. A, yep, in the eighties, even, even into the early nineties. Yeah, Saturday Night Live was great. Yeah, for sure. Into the top five, I'm not a Trekkie at all. Number five, Star Trek: Next Generation. Um, God, I, so I didn't watch number five really. I used to watch <laughs> that um, when, so that was on when I was trying to make it out there in Wisconsin. Okay. I used to work from five thirty in the morning until one thirty in the morning. Jesus. I started out at a foundry and I ended up uh, loading airplanes. Um, that was my last job of the day, and. Um, that was on when I got home. So I'd get home and turn on the TV. Boom, that's what I'd go to sleep to. Star Trek, the next generation. Wow. Number four, New Heart. I didn't really watch that one much either. I caught it here and there, but wasn't a fan. I didn't watch it much, but I did I did get that it was a, it was a huge show. Number three, The Cosby Show. That was a big 80s show for sure. Yeah. Um, you didn't roofie anybody in those shows. Fucking Billy. <laughs> Fucking the entire cast and crew. Yeah, I don't remember the episode where he roofied anyone, but... <laughs> pudding. Why is my asshole so bloody? Shut up. <laughs> Number two, Hill Street Blues. That was a great show. Yes, that was um, a big one. What do you think the number one show is? What haven't we talked about? It's definitely a big one. 
Yeah, Sarah cheers. got it. Sarah's got it. Sarah got it. Cheers. Cheers. Yep, cheers was number one show of the eighties, according to this. Uh, according to this. Uh, okay, so this, we have to we have to go back to music, so we at least stand a chance at winning against Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> there were some others that weren't talked about in here. Uh, you know, Silver Spoons. I didn't see Saint Elsewhere. I didn't see. Um, Saint Elsewhere was on there. Was it? I don't. I didn't yeah. remember that. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Saint Elsewhere. Was uh, Perfect Strangers? I don't remember. No, seeing. that was not on there. Was Murphy Brown in there? I don't remember seeing that. Uh, yes, I believe you said Murphy Brown. I don't remember. Alf was near the bottom of the list. Knots Landing was another nighttime one. I don't remember seeing that. Head of the Class. Bob Ross, good call. Not on there. Yeah. I love Bob Ross. His happy little mistakes. <laughs> yeah, so there were a few that I think didn't. Chips? Remember Chips? Oh, Chips. That was a great one. Chips could have easily replaced any one of those uh, BBC fucking shows that nobody watched. Yeah. 21 Jump Street? Wasn't I didn't see that. That was started in the 80s. I never watched it, so I don't know when that started. So there's others, but that was just one list. I mean, there's, there's probably others. So, all right, gang. Well, thanks for joining us this morning for uh, some seriousness, a little bit of nonsense, and some TV stuff. I hope you all have a wonderful uh, rest of your Sunday. I'm going to work on some Adobe today. I'm going to work on uh, some more of this OBS platform to try to straighten out some live stream stuff for protest rebroadcasting and... um, just hang out with Gibbs today. Nice. First, I'm going to eat some food because I'm starving. Yes. We'll be live I'm... again on Tuesday, June 28th at 7 p.m. With more Supreme Court decisions coming tomorrow morning starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, they release them in 10-minute increments if there's going to be more than one. There's a couple this week. Again, we've got that uh, religious liberty case coming out. Uh, there's also a case before them regarding does the executive branch have the authority basically to force states to reduce carbon emissions, or is that something that the legislative branch has to um, enact? So that's going to be a big one. Uh, There's the Remain in Mexico case is still in front of the Supreme Court. So there's there's a few big ones yet that are out there. Uh, So we'll see where those come into play. This week, they may get released tomorrow, but any of the remaining cases should be released this week, and they're all going to be done virtually. There's not going to be any bench readings. The, the SCOTUS justices are are not just, <laughs> they're, they're long out of D.C. and Virginia. I'm sure that they're way out of town at this point in time. There's too much risk to them. Um, so, And that's good. They should be somewhere safe right now because the left is crazy. But thanks for tuning in and joining us this morning. Thanks for all your support. Again, you go to RucksackRadio.com. You can find our articles there. You can find resources for veterans there. You can find civic resources there. And you can support the show there through Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal as well. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time, for your patriotism. Friends, there is no substitute for educated, passionate patriots. We value our sacred principles of liberty and take action to preserve them. We're honored to share your company. Rock on. Have a great rest of your weekend. And we will see you Tuesday. Love you all. Bye. Bye.